Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection podcast. Today is a Q&A episode and I have three questions I want to dive into. Uh, but first, before I go into that, I just have a few ways you can help support the podcast. So first, if you found this podcast to be helpful in any way, uh, if you could leave a five-star rating and review on Spotify or Apple. Now, again, it could be any any podcast platform. Those were just the, f- the first two that, that came to mind. But again, if you found this to be helpful, um, that would be uh, great and other people will be able to find this podcast. Uh, Next, you can follow me on Instagram, Jeff, H-O-E-H-N underscore, and that's where I'm most active on social media and post the most content, and you can uh, reach out to me um, on there. And then lastly, I have my one-on-one online coaching service, and with that, I help you lose body fat and build muscle with my strategic dieting and training methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. And also find out that there's at least one or two things outside of the training protocol and and the nutrition protocol that are keeping you from from seeing results uh, that you want to see. So uh, if you're interested in that, there's a link in the show notes and you can reach out on Instagram uh, if you have any more questions on that. So let's dive into the questions for this week. So the first question is, what changes, if any, do you make to your training volume based on cutting or massing phases? So I've talked a lot about this before. So yeah, things training is very, very similar. Uh, so I think there's a few things that do get switched up, right? So, um, you know, there could be smaller increases week over week, uh, from, from training. Um, and so with that, you know, you're probably not going to be adding as much weight, uh, week to week as you would, like if you're amassing, um, you know, you might be making more rep increases or, you know, things might stay the same for a couple more weeks than they otherwise would in a, in a, um, in a, in a massing gaining building phase, whatever you want to call it. And I think the biggest thing there is again, just the the amount of food that you're bringing in, you're bringing in less food. And because of that, you know, your performance will likely be affected somewhat and everything's just going to feel a little bit tougher. Um, and, and obviously it's like, you, you want to push through that and, and, you know, make sure you're progressing, but at the same time, we have to listen to our body. And, um, I think this is where, it can be tougher to to improve your performance when you're cutting because you just don't have as many as much energy coming in, right? So I would say from that standpoint, you're gonna naturally just see your your progressions get dialed back a little bit. And I just think that goes to show that it is how much tougher it is to add muscle when you when you're cutting, right? So that's a big thing right there. You know, you're gonna make smaller increases. And I would say volume typically ends up slightly lower than it does in a massing phase. You're probably not going to be able to add as much volume. And again, this goes back to you just aren't going to have as much energy to, to be able to do that. So, um, you know, I would say some differences I see in clients programming is probably don't add in as many like intensity techniques. If any, again, we're probably not going to increase the training volume as much, um, during, during a, a, a cutting phase versus a, a building phase. But again, that just goes to show how when you're in a deficit, it's going to be much tougher to build muscle, you know, for those reasons. Uh, again, you just aren't going to have as many recovery res- resources available and you're just going to, uh, Again, you're just not going to have as much energy coming in um, during a cutting phase. You know, I think the best thing you can do is monitor your recovery and adjust from there. So again, let your recovery be your your guiding factor in, in all this, right? It's like if you're doing something and you feel like you can you have more in the tank and you can recover from more volume, then listen to your body and, and add in more training volume. Um, 
you know, if you can make progressions from week to week, again, that's, that's a good thing. Like do that, you know, so we do, there does need to be a sense of like really listening to your body and there's no straightforward answer here. Um, but as far as like any changes you have to make, you really don't want to make any large changes to your training, right? You know, a common mistake I see here from like when somebody's trying to build muscle or lose body fat is they, they really do change how they, they train when they're in a fat loss phase. Um, you know, I, I, you go, people go into thinking, you know, you won't build any muscle. So, you know, people will completely change how they train and how they go about their training. And I think this ends up hurting your look as you diet down. Um, and so again, you know, we need to go, I think our mindset going into training needs to be, uh, we, we need to kind of rethink our mindset, right? So you do cut, you do commonly hear that, Hey, you're during a fat loss phase, you won't build muscle. So like, why would you bother lifting or why should you, which should you push your training? And so like, I, like I've kind of talked about here, you know, while building muscle is tough in a fat loss phase, you can at the very least maintain what you have, um, which is important because it's going to help your look as you diet down. Um, and I think our mindset going into it is, is massive, right? So again, what, what do people typically do? Uh, they replace some, if not all their cardio for lifting or all their lifting for cardio. Um, don't train as hard in your lifts because you don't think you'll build any muscle, right? So again, it's like, Hey, I'm in a fat loss phase. I'm not going to have as much energy. So therefore I'm not going to push my training as hard because I'm not going to build muscle. So what's the point? Um, and people do try to, you know, they, they do typically turn their, their lifting sessions into more of a cardio based workout, right? It's like, Hey, I'm going for fat loss. So I need to be, I need to make this a little bit more like circuitish type, or again, make it quote unquote, a fat loss workout. But you need to train like you train to build muscle when you are fat loss dieting. And I think a mindset shift here is go into it thinking you are going to build muscle. You know, worst case with this mindset, you maintain your muscle and you limit muscle loss. But best case, you could potentially add some muscle during your fat loss phase. You know, I, I think this could this could happen, right? Where somebody maybe they get their training a little bit more dialed in than they have in the past. Like, let's say I have a client that has been working on their own. You know, they've been lifting consistently. They're like, hey, I want to do a fat loss phase. And so, you know, they, they read stuff on the internet. It's like, oh, hey, I'm not going to build muscle when I'm losing body fat. But we go in, we improve their training. Um, you know, we make their training more like muscle building oriented, uh, focus on sleep, get a higher diet quality. They go in, push themselves and they do build a little bit of muscle. Like I, that totally can happen. And that, that again, just comes down to the optimality of your, of your training program there. But, you know, again, if you go into it with that thought process of, oh, hey, I'm, I'm not going to build muscle. So what's the point? You know, if you don't put as much effort into your list during fat loss phases, uh, because you don't build it, because you don't think you'll build any muscle, you know, worst case, you do lose a good amount of muscle. And then best case, you do maintain some muscle. So again, I think there's people that it's going to be tough to, to lose muscle. If you're lifting weights, you're, you're going to be in a, a fine position there. But again, that's best case at that point. Now you're going to maintain muscle. Whereas like best case scenario of being like, Hey, I'm going to go in and build muscle. You might actually build some muscle and worst case, you're going to lose muscle. Whereas again, this other mindset of well, I'm not going to push myself as hard because it's a fat loss phase. You know, worst case, you could lose a little bit of muscle depending on, on where you're potentially at. Right. Um, now what are the like big changes from like fat loss to, to massing? I know that wasn't the main question. It was more so just training, but, um, you can make sure you either add in cardio or increase activity levels during a fat loss phase. Um, but most of your change is going to come through how much food you eat. And if you do change your lifting like dramatically, this this is going to get you to to spin your wheels, right? So we want to be careful with with um, 
with changing up how, how we train. Now, as far as like volume goes, there's still research that needs to be done. Um, again, there's there's no, nothing that points to either way of being like, you need to add volume, you need to cut your volume. Um, again, I think at the end of the day, and we're going to get into another volume discussion here in a minute, I think you need to you need to monitor, monitor it based on your performance, right? Like if you're feeling super recovered and you feel like you're leaving a lot in the tank, you probably have a little bit more to give. If you're feeling super beat up, it's really hard to to push yourself, um, things like that, then you're either right there or maybe you're, you're doing too much training volume, right? So again, listen to your body and see how you're, how you are um, recovering. But again, you know, you can't, you have to, there's a couple of things you have to realize that one, you're, you're probably going to training is going to be a little bit tougher because you're not bringing in as much energy. So there's that. So again, the, the, you know, that that's going to be part of it. Um, and then on top of that, you know, so, so the energy aspect of it, but, uh, man, I lost my train of thought here on which one was the other one. I, I would say, you know, recover, look at like sleep too, right? That's the other big thing. So obviously we know that's going to happen, but look at your recovery outside of the gym. Are you, could you, could you be recovering better? Could you add in a little bit more protein, right? Those are also going to be important factors there uh, for this. So to sum it up, really don't, you really shouldn't tra- change up your training. Um, again, there might be some small volume adjustments for you, but again, listen to your body on that and see uh, what you need to do there. Next question is how many sets of exercises so how many sets of how many sets per week per muscle group uh for the beginning to intermediate lifters? And so I, I preface this, I, I mentioned this right away. I was like, you're not gonna like my answer. So for beginners and in intermediate and in intermediates, I would say six to twenty sets per week per muscle group. Um, you know, if and I'm gonna dive into this in terms of okay, so why such a large range? Um, there's a lot that goes into it, but if, if you have to do more than like say 20, um, then I would say your execution and or rest times in, in between sets could probably, probably be improved. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you're at feeling like you have to do more than 20 sets, I would say you might be under recovering in between sets and, or, uh, just execution isn't there, right? You're like you're staying far away from failure. Um, you know, technique might not be the greatest. You're not really staying focused, uh, things like that. But the more I learn about how many sets to do, the more my range extends because it just depends on on so many things. Okay, so uh, now let's say if you feel like you have to do less than than six, then I would say that that's honestly not a bad thing. But you're probably just maybe pushing a little bit too close to failure all the time on maybe some big lifts. But what I want to talk about and go into is like, okay, so why do I why do we fall in this like six to twenty rep range or six to twenty set range? But yeah, there's a lot that goes into the set. So first, before I dive into this, you know, I think the best thing you can do is stay consistent, push yourself, dial in your execution and technique. And by doing these things, you're going to see good results. And over time, uh, you'll dial, you will continue to dial it in to get even better results. And the goal shouldn't ever be to do more volume. It should be to do the right amount of volume for you. Uh, so just want to go over a few things here. So you know, I think if you, if you do those three things, you're in that six to 20 set range per muscle group per week, that's going to be your for 99.9% of people that is going to be enough. Okay. Um, so we need to make sure that we have those things, uh, dialed in. So, you know, some things are going to like cause you to have to go through within that six to 20 rep range. So, or set range genetics, you know, I think some people are going to need more uh, volume than that. Some people less, um, some people can recover from high volumes, others can't. Um, and so that's why I think you should stay in this range and then adjust from there. Uh, 
you know, the specific muscle group you're training. You know, for some people, some muscle groups will be able to handle more volume than others, and some muscle groups will need more or less volume than others. So again, that's why I like that range there with that. And I can't just be like, hey, this is how many sets you should do for this, because it's going to come down to, again, genetics, what muscle group, um, the intensity of your training. You know, the more intense you train, closer to failure, the less volume you'll need to do. So if you're going to failure most of the time, you're probably not going to need to get up to that 15 to 20 set range. The less intense you train, you know, far away from failure, the more volume you'll, you, you will need. Um, so again, if you're not training close to failure or, you know, you're leaving five plus reps on the tank, you probably will feel like you have to do closer to 20 sets per week. You know, I think you need to look at other training you do, you know, less training you do outside of hypertrophy work, the more volume you'll be able to do. So if you do a lot of sports, a lot of running, things like that, that's going to lower how many, how many sets you, you can and, and need to do for building muscle, um, training age, right? So depending on how long you've trained will affect how much muscle or how much volume you can do. Exercise selection. So again, what exercises we choose are gonna alter that, that range there. So, uh, you know, you can probably do more sets of isolation work versus compound work. And then let's take that even a step further. You know, is there a large uh, lengthened position? Like, is, are you overloading the muscle in the lengthened position? That's probably going to add more fatigue and therefore you're gonna be able, you're, you're you're going to do less sets, right? Whereas something that's short in the short position, you do more work there. It's like, you can probably get away with more volume. So again, that's going to play a big role in it. Um, your rest time between sets, you know, if you rest enough in between sets, you can do more quality volume. You know, if you aren't resting enough, you might have to do more volume than someone else. So it's not good or bad. It's just, Hey, if you're resting less, you'll have to do more training volume. Um, I think there's a time and place for both, but just realize that your rest times are going to play a role in that. Um, your recovery outside of the gym, the better you recover, the more intense and more volume you can do. Um, so again, you might be able to get away with more. But again, I don't, just doing more training volume isn't necessarily better, right? Like the goal isn't to do more volume. I think the, the goal is to find the right volume for you. And to me, the goal should be doing as little volume as possible to, to elicit results, right? So I think over time, it's like you, you'll need more training volume, but at the same time, if you continue to dial in your execution and technique, that will go down. So, you know, where does that, where does that, where does that leave us for beginner to intermediates? You know, I, I think, so what I typically do with, with newer clients when I start programming for them is that it's typically about six to 10 sets per muscle group per week. And then I adjust based on volume. So I think that's a good starting point, you know, start on the lower end. Um, there's kind of two, two trains of thoughts here. One, uh, you know, somebody that is newer, uh, you probably want to start them on the lower end because they'll be able to, you don't want to overdo it. Right. But to me, the other train of thought is like, well, since they're newer to training their, their execution and intensity probably isn't where it needs to be. So they could do a little bit more volume. So like I said, I think that six to 10 set range per week is a good place to start. Um, you know, I, I, my biggest thing is don't just go straight into 20, you know, maybe you start, you hear this and you start closer to 10, kind of see how you recover and then, and then go from there. So, uh, the volume thing is, there's so much that goes into it. Um, and I think, you know, I think over time we'll continue to get that dialed in in terms of what is the optimal amount, but then the day, just like with what I said, uh, in the first question, you know, I think you need to pay attention to your recovery and, and how your body responds and just realize it is really tough to lose muscle. So, um, you know, just, just that, that's going to be something that again, if you go, if you do less volume, it's not like you're going to lose all this muscle. So last question of the day is, 
if you lose sleep from excitement rather than stress, is that better? So I don't have anything that backs us up. I don't know if there's any research on this or anything like that. If anybody has anything, I would love to see it and you can send it over. Um, so this isn't scientific and this is just me with what I know based on sleep and, and whatnot. And so, so to me, it would make sense that any type of sleep loss is going to be a negative, right? Like it's not going to be positive uh, in any way. Um, in terms of like your health and how you feel and things like that, right? Like I, to me, any type of sleep loss is going to be, I, I hate to say the word detrimental, but it is going to be negative. And I think, again, it depends on how long that, that's going to last. Uh, one thing I will say, if you're interested in a supplement to potentially take here, when you know you're going to be sleep deprived, you know, whether that's like something where you have like tests coming up and you have to study or put in extra work hours or a newborn. Um, I did a podcast episode with Greg Potter, and I do want to preface this by saying there has been no research done in humans on this. So take it for what it's worth. But he did mention creatine as something that can help you get away with less sleep uh, during those during those periods of time. Like basically when you take creatine, the need for sleep goes down a little bit. So that can be something that we could take there. But again, to me, any type of sleep loss would be a, a net negative. Like I, I couldn't see a situation where it's like, oh, hey, this person's losing sleep because they're excited for this event coming up. Like again, sleep loss is sleep loss. Now, what I'll say on this is I will say that sleep loss from something exciting will probably just be quote unquote less bad than sleep loss from stress. Because I think when it's something that's stressful, you know, I think that the more it affects things like that is going to, that, that, that it being negative, I think is going to have a little bit more of a detrimental effect on your health versus something that's like, Oh, I'm really looking forward to this. Like that in itself, I think is going to be good for your, your health, but obviously losing sleep kind of wipes it out. So it's like, maybe it's neutral or closer to neutral. Whereas like when it's from, from anxiety or from not, not from anxiety, but from like stress from a negative thing, I could see where that's probably going to be a little bit worse than from excitement. So that's just kind of my thoughts on it. I thought it was an interesting question. Um, love to hear your guys' thoughts, but that's it for this episode. If you have any questions, let me know. And obviously if you want your question answered and on this podcast, uh, just every Monday and Wednesday, I go, uh, I have users ask questions in that question box and I answer them on there. And then my favorite ones for the week, I'll also uh, come on here and answer. So do that. That's it for today. And I will talk to you guys next time. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at JeffH91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.